Love this podcast? Support this show through the Acast Supporter feature. It's up to you how much you give and there's no regular commitment. Just hit the link in the show description to support now. This is the Soho Radio Podcast, showcasing some of the best broadcasts from our online radio station, right from the heart of Soho, London. Across our music and culture channels, we have a wide range of shows covering every genre, along with chat shows, discussions and special broadcasts. Here is just one of our recent shows. To catch the full show, head to our Mixcloud page or listen live at SohoRadioLondon.com. Party celebrating Third Man Records' arrival in London. I'm X-Ray Bex, and for the next two hours, I'll be playing some of the label's exclusive new releases, um, which they've commissioned from some of their favourite British artists to celebrate their arrival here in London, and talking to some of the key players who brought Jack White's baby to life, really. Um, Jack designed the store. He was in town on Saturday over the weekend. He played a gorilla gig on Big Street. It was amazing. There's so much to look forward to over the next couple of hours. own Big Joni, Cranes in the Sky, that was released on Third Man earlier this year. Before that, Miami's favourite sons, Jacuzzi Boys with The Pits, that's from 2020. And before that, White Stripes, Hello Operator, there's a little link to the store in that song. You'll find out about that later on. So if you didn't know, Third Man Records opened their first London store last Saturday with a whole bunch of exclusive vinyl on sale um, from old classics reissued uh, as a labour of love to new tracks from the label's favourite artists and you'll be hearing some of those a little bit later on. But first let me introduce you to Ben Swank, he's Jack White's right hand, the kingpin and the man who showed me around the store. Hi, I'm Ben Swank, Third Man Records. Uh, I'm one of the co-founders uh, now a minority co-owner. Um, yeah, and I just do a little bit of everything over there. <laughs> <laughs> Tell me what it means to you and Third Man Records to be in London. I mean, it's it's really, really exciting. I'm really proud of it. This is 100% where the White Stripes found their home. Um, they, you know, London broke them before anywhere else and very passionately and lovingly. And I think Jack's always wanted to do something to like acknowledge and honor that. Um, so this is, this is a big part of that for us and specifically being in Soho right near the hundred club, which is kind of the show that, you know, in lore, in rock lore is the, you know, the show that kind of got them there, you know? So it's, 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 
a big honor. I lived in London a long time, and um, I'm proud to be here. I'm proud for all my old friends to see what I've been up to the past 12 years. Um, yeah, it's really exciting. Where did you live when you were in London? I was in Shepherd's Bush yeah. for a while and then uh, New Cross. Nice. Yeah, well, pre pre uh, train actually going to New Cross <laughs> or <laughs> overland. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You yeah. had to sit on a bus for two hours. <laughs> yeah. I don't remember those days. <laughs> Tell me about the building of the store because the store's yeah. really special, isn't it? Like, it's not a, just a standard records shop. I don't think so. I mean, first of all, what distinguishes us is we only sell things we create. Uh, so it's it's all third man things or th third man things out of what we like to call our creative hive. Um, we don't sell other records, unfortunately, but there's so many great stores already in London. It's kind of great to be able to come in and feel collaborative with them rather than in competition with them. Um, because we, you know, we love our record stores. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> so we found this place about over a year ago, about a year and a half ago now, and yeah. um, found it in January of 2020. Um, and I, we wanted to be somewhere kind of centralized, um, get all that footfall and everything. Um, but we didn't really want to be on a main drag, so we, we, you know, luckily found this spot on Marshall Street, and it's actually mm. utterly perfect. Um, yeah, we it's Jack designed everything. Um, he he designs all of our spaces, and then worked with with our art team and our creative hive to get, to get it somewhere usable. It's really unique because you know normally he for something he's creating he likes to be really involved obviously, and um, we couldn't do that this time. Uh, but we have a we 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 have a really great team established here in London. Yeah. We have an amazing contractor named Will Slater. Um, and we just did Zooms once a week during the build out and check in. And then once the country opened up, we were able to come over and finally see how it's coming. And that was only like three weeks ago. So, wow. so fortunately, it all went okay. the previously mentioned Will Slater is amazing and it, it, it looks fantastic. So we've just been kind of doing the detailing since then. Yeah. 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 Some of the, my favorite things are the phone box. Yes. Hello operator phone box. Uh, uh, Collaboration with Teenage Engineering, if you know that, no, that company. No, tell me about Teenage Engineering. So, um, I think they are a Swedish company, um, and they're they're really known for their pocket operator synths. They're, they make these really amazing, intuitive synths, um, and they're really they they invite a lot of play. Uh, so the so the the phone booth, the dog and bone, uh, the hello operator phone booth. When you when you pick up the receiver and dial the numbers, those are actually a lot of like samples from the third man world, and you can kind of play around with them like a like a pocket operator, basically. Yeah. <laughs> I didn't know that. Yeah, nobody does. And no. I, I keep being like, "Hey, has anyone tried the phone booth yet?" <laughs> I should have guessed, obviously, because yeah. nothing is quite as it seems. Yeah. There, well, is it? We, you know, we we didn't want to like come in and be like, oh, here's our idea of London, double-decker buses and <laughs> blah, blah, blah. So, you know, we tried to, we tried to, with that idea, we tried to kind of subvert that, that stereotype a little bit, you know. Yeah, it's nice. And what about the, what's it called downstairs in the fridge, the literarium? Literarium, yeah. The literarium. The fridge. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> the book fridge. Yeah, well, I, yeah, the, so kind of like, Literarium's a bit of a mouthful, so I just kind of call it the book machine, which is a little more direct. Mm -hmm. um, it's basically this guy, this guy named Craig, he's established in Toronto, and he built one for a bookstore there that kind of 
it, it, it's similar, but it looks more like a old penguin pocket classic. It's got that kind of vibe to it. Yeah. Um, and it's it it's strange for this, but the machine went a little bit viral. Um, and like Margaret Atwood's a big fan of it, and and she's talked about it online and stuff. And we found him and contacted him, uh, Chloe Cooper in our office, and and he was like, I have had hundreds of requests to do one of these, and you guys will happily be my second machine. <laughs> so it's the only, it's only the second one. It's the first one in England. Yeah. Um, and it's, it's a random book dispensing machine. So you put in your coins, your third man coins that have Dick Van Dyke's face on it for obvious reasons, I hope. <laughs> uh, <laughs> and I don't want to spoil the whole thing, but it's basically yeah. a randomized book dispenser where all the books are sort of designed the same. And, you know, they're sort of like chat books kind of designed for the subway and things, yeah, bus yeah. rides and things like that. And, yeah. yeah, and it's totally random and we'll fill it up all the time with essays and excerpts and, you know, hopefully challenge some minds a little bit. And also, the one of the highlights is the recording booth. Yes, and Have I believe we just had a proposal in there. Really? Uh, for opening day. Yeah, a gentleman wow. reached out in advance and said he was going to do this. Um, I, I haven't heard what the answer was yet, but we were all up there with beer and clapping. So okay. if 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 it was a no, I'm hoping she tells him later. Yeah, absolutely. You have to say yes in those sorts of circumstances. What are you going to do? I mean... <laughs> How does that work though? Like, the, yeah. How, so, is, was that teenage engineering or was this? No, 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 no. Or? This is this, these these were around. Um, yeah. Maybe starting in the 30s. Oh, really? Yeah, up right. until the 60s, and the one in there is from the 60s. Oh um, my gosh. Yeah, so you can catch a glimpse of that same model, not that actual machine, uh, in the movie Bad in Terrence Malick's Badlands. Oh, yeah. Yeah. They. I don't know if you remember this. They burn down her dad's house and they leave a record playing with a message saying that they're running away. And there's a scene where they record that message in in that exact same modeled phone booth. Yeah. I'm the only one who's excited about that. So hopefully a listener somewhere also cares. I think that's Uh, really (laughs) A little bit of a film guy sometimes. Um, But yeah, it's the, the, they basically, you, you, you sing and play into a microphone and there's, there's a lacquer in there, um, you know, soft, soft wax to record into they're not like mm. an actual seven inch you know they'll mm. they'll wear out with continual play at, mm. in time um and yeah and there's a transcription needle and it and you got two and a half minutes to record a hit song and then it vends out immediately but yeah we we have one in nashville the one in nashville you you know it's it's a lot older 30s and 40s era um, and they used to be tourist things, you know, they'd be at fairs or there, yeah. were, there was one on top of the Empire State Building in America. You yeah. just, and the idea was you record a message for your family and then send it home right. in, the, in the record. So ours come with envelopes and things like that. And you, yeah. can, you can do the same. I love it. I heard that one came from the Detroit store. It did, yeah, yeah. But now they've got another one in there. Yeah. So this, yeah. is, this is the 60s model. It's the most up-to-date and... <laughs> Generally Fine-ish. functioning well uh, of the record booths. Cutting edge engineering. <laughs> yeah. um, everything that uh, Third Man does seems very analog and sort of s- proudly analog. Mm. Do you think that's important? To- um, yes and no. Yeah. Um, because we, you know, we do really try to exist in the modern world. We yeah. just like tactile things, yeah. you know. And and you know, we're not we're not those guys that are like you know, yelling boo at people if they download a song or listen it on Spotify, yeah. you know. Yeah. Myself, when I'm listening to records, 
you know, I've got my system at home that I like, that I've built, that I care about how it really, really sounds. So when I really want to deep listen to something, I'm using that, yeah. you know. But I use Spotify just as much as the next guy and, you know, uh, beats and everything. Yeah. Yeah. And, you know, we don't always record strictly analog and, yeah. you know, but we just like, we just like real things. We like yeah. brick and mortar stores. We like, we just think it's more engaging and a little more romantic. Yeah. Yeah, I, I think so too. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> um, anything else you want to say? I just want to say thank you very much. It's so cool to partner with you guys. You're right in the neighborhood. And, you know, I didn't actually realize how close the studio is to Third Man. And when we came, when I mentioned three weeks ago, when we came over to check the construction, I mean, Jack just went, Swank, there's a, there's a radio station right in the neighborhood. <laughs> so it was like, okay, let's work together. <laughs> We care about Soho. We care about the culture of the neighborhood. Uh, we care about the history very, very much. And, you know, there's there's some interesting things about this neighborhood that we weren't aware of. I just found out. So Jack's um, second solo album, Lazaretto. Um, do you know what a Lazaretto is? No. It's basically a quarantine that they would, they would put you in during the plague. Um, this... Marshall Street, from this point here on Marshall Street to Beak Street, was a plague pit, and there was a lazaretto right on the right on the area. One, uh, our store manager is like an English history uh, master, and she sent us this. She sent us the whole history of the neighborhood, and that was in there. It was oh mind blowing. Yeah, the pub across the street has like a couple photos of people that are really important to us as friends and in our world, and yeah. it just feels a little special. Oh. Yeah. <laughs> Conteur's cover of Blank Generation from the Voidoids. That was from uh, the band's EP Live at Electric Lady, the New York Studios. Um, and I, I love the original of this track. Um, but this cover features Voidoids guitarist Ivan Julian teaching the band how he conjured up that amazing guitar hook. Um, and they made a documentary about it. You can go and see it online. It's still on YouTube. Um, of It's hosted by Jim Drummish. It's an hour-long behind-the-scenes look at the making of that EP. That's the raconteurs. Third Man London isn't just a record shop. It's also a live music venue. Jack played a secret show down there for 40 fans on Saturday night before we woke up the whole of Beak Street um, with a gorilla gig from Damien Hurst's balcony. And one of the most exciting things about Third Man arriving in London, I think, is the opportunity it will give British bands to get released on the label. Let me introduce you to Camille Ogard, and she's the woman in charge of the London label. Hi, my name's Camille and I'm Head of UK Operations at Third Man London. So, how did you come to start working with Third Man Records? Um, so, I used to work at the label Rough Trade. I was there for about 10 years and it was there that I met Ben Swank. Um, we worked on a few projects together and got a lot of friends in common. 
And when he and Jack and the rest of the Third Man family um, came up with the concept of um, Third Man London, he very kindly approached me and um, offered me the job. And yeah, we've been working on it for about a year and a couple of months now. Oh my gosh, how exciting. And how long has it taken to get to this moment, opening day? Um, so we first started talking about it in January 2020. Um, we've been working on the building for around a year. I think we probably were in a position to open up um, probably around like four or five months ago, but we just decided not to. We wanted people to be able to come post-pandemic and just enjoy it without having to socially distance too much and all of that jazz. Tell me about what's special about the shop. Well, we're three things. Um, we're the record label headquarters. We're a retail shop and we're also a live venue. So obviously it was really important to Jack that we have a venue here. Um, the Detroit and the Nashville spaces do. And Soho's a place where he's played a lot. Um, you know, he the white stripes really broke over here because of the 100 Club show. Um, and it just didn't make sense to open without one. We're really, really small. We're around 60 capacity. <laughs> and um, we want to have a mix of secret shows with larger artists and smaller ones with um, UK bands that we want to support. So your first gig is tomorrow? Yes, they're called Island of Love. They're a brand new London band um, who have one EP out, another EP in the works. Um, they're a little bit Dinosaur Junior, a little bit early teenage fan club. But yeah, I would encourage everyone to check them out. That sounds amazing. Mm. Who chose them? Uh, I did, yeah. Um, I saw them play at the Grace in Highbury and Islington. And yeah, they're super young. They're only 19. And yeah, we were just really, really blown away. We mm. met them last night. They were so oh, excited. Oh, they're such sweeties. <laughs> they were so nice. Oh. They were honestly, they were really super excited. To yeah. Be to be part of it. I think Aww. that means a lot to them. Yeah, definitely. And yeah, it's really important to us that, you know, as well as doing larger artists, um, we yeah uh, provide a platform for up and coming bands like that. Yeah. Mm. And how much involvement do you have in the record label? Um, so I'll be overseeing all of that from the UK and yeah. EU point of view. Um, and yeah, Ben Swank and I will be working really closely on that. There's a lot of new releases which is yeah. which uh, from new artists mm -hmm, and stuff and, mm -hmm. and established artists to celebrate the opening yeah yeah can you tell me about some of those definitely so we contacted a handful of our favorite UK artists to be a part of our London opening and they very kindly agreed to um, record something special for us um, so we've got Paul Weller who's done three Motown tracks and they were chosen as a nod to our Detroit roots. We've got Gina Birch from The Raincoats, who we go quite far back with, um, Corner Shop. Um, funnily enough, I was um, I used to sit next to Benes um, from Corner Shop for about 10 years at Rough Trade. He does press that um, <laughs> to her friends. Um, Magic Roundabout, who I'm sure Dave will tell you about. Um, it was a really, really great album recorded in the 80s, um, but just it was kind of like a lost and found thing being released for the first time now. Um, and we also have David Ruffin, um, who obviously isn't British. He was one of the founding members of The Temptations. And again, that's just a, a nod back to Motown. So today we're selling 
um, all of those on limited edition yellow vinyl and you can just get them in the shop that's so mm. exciting yeah. I got um, my hands on Gina Birch's feminist song nice. last, last night I nice. was very very and she excited. did the artwork for all of that as well she's mm. really great like that isn't yeah. she I love how yeah. she's kind of uh, multidisciplinary in that way very cool yeah she popped in a few days ago to sign some, co- some copies as well oh man mm. so what's the relationship when did Gina meet Jack or Ben or you and the team um, uh, so I met her years ago she actually yeah. directed a music video for uh, a band called Palm Violets who were on yes. Rough Trade back in the day yeah. and I think that Dave Buick is friendly with her as well so yeah it all just made sense oh my gosh right, the raincoats are also on the cover of our magazine Maggot Brain at the moment oh yeah mm. oh, oh gosh we haven't even talked about Maggot Brain because I forgot all about that yeah, yeah I thought you were going to tell me that you were in the Palm Violets for oh. a minute <laughs> no 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 I wasn't never been in a band <laughs> tell me so tell me about Maggot Brain mm. and ha- like how does that get made do you edit that as well as running the label um, so it's, ma- it's made in the States yeah. it all sort of comes out of there and we're just starting to sell it for the first time thank you so much it's really thank nice thank you so to meet much you. yeah thank you if you haven't seen it Maggot Brain is a fanzine style magazine from Third Man Records which so far has only been available online here in London um and obviously in the States, but it will soon be arriving on uh, Marshall Street, so keep an eye out. This is Island of Love. Oh, my God. 